Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or womanhood if you so choose. I'll, I'll tell you that right there, I rem, remember been a couple years ago, but that verse came alive to me when I realized not just the fivefold ministry of apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but the fact that those ministers, if you will, exist to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I think sometimes we get it all confused. We think the ministers do the work of the ministry, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the ministry equips the saints to do the work of the ministry and to help equip and to build up a the body of Christ. And I'm thankful for this church. We are blessed and uh you may notice we've got a little different schedule at the beginning of this year. You're not going to hear pastor a whole lot for the next couple of Sundays. But we're blessed today to have the ministry and the family of Brother Ethan and Sister Sharnay Hagen. And uh, they have been long, long time evangelists. Next week we're going to have the ministry of the hearts. And I can't wait for that as well. Because the church needs an evangelist. We need those that God has called. God has given a message, and they come to a church to bring that message. And I'm so thankful. I've known Brother Ethan Hagen since about 1998 or so, and uh, we graduated from Gateway together. And many of you, uh, of course, know Sister Charnay and, and with, with the connection there. But we're glad you are here. And when I found out they were going to be in town and it worked out, I said, I can't think of a better way to kick off a New Year's Day than to have Brother Hagen come. We want you to come, Brother Hagen. We want you to come take your liberty. Preach the Word of God. Give to us the Word of God as you equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Can we give them a warm lighthouse welcome? Love you, my friend. God bless you. Well, can you continue to clap your hands into the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus? Come on, if you believe that there is power in his name, can you lift up your voice and call on the name of Jesus right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Jesus. Your name is power. Your name, there is healing. There is life in your name. Can somebody shout Jesus? Can somebody shout Jesus? There is nothing else like the power that is in the name of Jesus. Amen. He brings victory. He brings healing. He brings salvation. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful for what we feel here today. If you're thankful for the presence of the Lord, once again, once again, why don't you turn to somebody around you, two or three people, tell them, I'm glad that the Lord is here, that you are here. If you have your Bibles, I want to direct your attention to the book of Exodus chapter 12. If you have that in printed form or digital form, or thank God for the media team that have it on the screen. I don't want to take too much of your time here today, but 
while you're locating that, just want to say how thrilled my wife, my son and daughter and I are to be here with you today at Lighthouse United Pentecostal Church. We give honor to your pastor and his wife. We thank the Lord for pastor and sister Buford, and we're sanctified, proud of them. Amen. We appreciate them very much. How many of you love your pastor and his wife and family? <laughs> Praise God. As your pastor mentioned, we graduated from the Bible College, formerly known as Gateway College of Evangelism. And uh, my wife and sister Buford were in the youth group together with some of her friends that are here today. And we just love this wonderful couple. We pray for them often. Every time we drive uh, 70 heading to Kansas City or back from Kansas City, there's not a time that we do not drive through O'Fallon that we pray God's blessings upon your pastor, his wife, and this congregation. And to see what the Lord is doing, how he has blessed you all, how he is blessing you all, it is just wonderful. And we thank God for what he is doing. Amen. If you're thankful to be a part of Lighthouse, can you shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and then skipping down to verse number 14. I don't want to take too much time, but I do want to get out of the way and allow God to have his way. Is that okay here today? I don't know about you, but I didn't come to see you. I came to see Jesus. I didn't just come to feel the warm embrace and thank you for everybody that's been so kind to my family and I, shaking our hands, making us feel right at home. But I have come to do more than just feel welcome by the warmth of your greetings. But I come to feel the warmth of his presence. I don't know about you, but I felt the warmth of his presence already in this service, the anointing that was on this praise team. Is flowing in this house, and I believe that God's about to do something. Is that all right here today? If you believe that, can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah? Praise God. Exodus chapter 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Can somebody shout the first month? And then in verse number 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And this day, can somebody shout this day? The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, telling them that this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you, and that this day shall be unto you for a memorial and you shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. Just for a few moments here today, I want to speak to you on this subject. A new start to the year. A new start to the year. One more time, can you place your Bibles, your tablets, your smartphones down? And can you put your hands together and lift up your voice and glorify and magnify the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus? We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name. From the rising of the sun and to the going down the same, your name is worthy to be praised. In 2023, on this first day of this year, we come to glorify you, Jesus. Praise God. Can somebody shout in Jesus' name? One more time before you're seated. Turn to mind and say, Happy New Year. God bless you. You may be seated. As I mentioned before, so good to see so many of our wonderful friends. Amen. Brother Harding, give you honor. Amen. He was in our wedding. And uh, just all those that are our friends here today, just so great to see you. We appreciate each and every last one of you. It's a new year, a fresh start, an opportunity to improve, 
expand, and excel. With a new year, you can potentially have a new you. Turn to I say a new you. Or at least that's what we have been told. That's what's believed and being peddled in the media and on social media with every single advertisement. In the new year, you can start the new year off right by losing 10 pounds right away, they say. Make this investment in cryptocurrency and you could become a millionaire in minutes. Click on this button and you'll know everything you need to know. All that sounds good if only if it was true. It's the reason why sometimes we think that making New Year's resolutions to improve ourselves in the new year will actually benefit us. We think that that somehow if we would set some goals and, and, and try to stick to those goals and, and somehow make those resolutions that we can improve and be better, that we can lose that weight, that we can uh, uh, um, gain that muscle, that we can gain that knowledge, that we can make that money. But the truth of the matter is that without resolve, no New Year's resolution is going to work. I said, without resolve, nothing is going to be fulfilled in your new year. We should want to improve. We should want to grow and learn more and achieve our goals. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it's all said and done, it's going to take more than a few resolutions saved on a screensaver to get the job done. I come to tell somebody here today, you've got to have discipline. You've got to remain disciplined as the year goes on if you're going to continue to meet those goals. I apologize to you here today. I've been preaching for my, to, to myself just for a few minutes. Amen. I, I, I told Brother Lee, uh, starting off this service, I, I've got one resolution, and that's to eat one salad this year. I haven't ate a salad in a couple years, and I'm just going to try to do my best to be a little healthy in 2023. So I've been preaching to myself, if I could just remain disciplined, I'm going to eat that one single salad. Amen. But ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best you can be. A new year provides us with a reset. Can somebody say reset? We should desire and strive to be healthier, wealthier, and wiser. But can I remind you here this afternoon that that's what the world mainly focuses on. They want to make more money. They want to prosper. They want to be healthier. They want to attain all the knowledge that they can attain. That's what their focus is on. But for those of us who are a part of the church, we should desire to draw closer to the Lord, to know him more. We should strive to be more spiritual and more spiritually in tune to what the Spirit is saying. I, I, I got my ear, amen, in tune in prayer. I'm trying to, to listen to that voice that says, he that has an ear, let him hear what Spirit is saying to the church, ladies and gentlemen, our desire in this new year should be a desire to know him, amen, to have a deeper, closer relationship with the Lord, to be able, amen, to draw closer to him through his word and in prayer and in sacrifice and in giving and in being faithful to the Lord because a new year offers us a spiritual reset. Can somebody say a spiritual reset? Here in the verses of scripture that we read in Exodus chapter 12, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron informing them that this month shall be for you 
the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. This was spoken to them within the context of their coming deliverance from Egyptian bondage. The children of Israel had been enslaved for close to 430 years, but the Lord was going to release them from their captivity soon. Can somebody shout release? God had already brought about 11 miraculous signs that plagued the ancient nation of Egypt, but he was about to bring about one more sign that would alter the course of human history forever, changing the children of Israel. They were about to enter into a new era. They would go from just simply being the descendants of Israel to becoming the nation of Israel. So the Lord told them, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. It was to be a spiritual reset to their calendar year. The reason why the Lord spoke this to Moses and Aaron was because he was about to pass through the land of Egypt and bring about judgment upon their firstborn. The children of Israel were instructed to take a male lamb without blemish on the 10th day and keep it until the 14th day when they were to kill it that evening. Then they were, amen, to take the blood of that lamb and apply it to their doorposts, to the two sides and above. Uh, they were to apply the blood of that lamb. Also, the Bible tells us that they were to roast that lamb and eat it in anticipation of their deliverance. They had been in bondage long enough. They had been enslaved long enough. But now the moment that they had been waiting for was about to arrive. God was about to deliver them. They were about to be made free in just a few moments. Uh, and so they were to apply that blood uh, to their doorposts uh, and then they were to take that lamb and uh, that sacrificial lamb uh, and partake of it the Bible says with their sandals on, with their staff in their hands. They were to eat it in haste knowing that any moment now God was about to set them free. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that the blood of that sacrificial lamb would serve as a substitution to cover them from the coming judgment. God was about to go through the land. He was going to take, amen, the firstborn of every single parent in that land that did not have the blood applied, whether they were Jewish or non-Jewish, whether they were Egyptian or not. Their child was going to be taken, their firstborn, if the blood was not applied. But to those that had that blood applied, when the Lord saw that blood, he was going to, amen, to withdraw. He was going to withhold his judgment and spare that household. He was going to spare those uh, that had the blood applied. The Bible says, uh, amen, the Lord spoke in verse number 13. Uh, he said, the blood shall be to you for a sign on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague uh, shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite uh, the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said to them, uh, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial and ye shall keep but a feast uh, to the Lord throughout 
your generations. Uh, ye shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. The Lord said, uh, when I see the blood, uh, it's a sign. Uh, it's a token. Uh, it's symbolic of the fact uh, that there has been a sacrifice, uh, amen, to hold back my judgment. So when I see the blood, I am going to pass over you. Uh, death is not going to come to your door. Death is not going to come to your family. The plague is going to be stayed. It's going to stop. It is coming. The judgment is coming because God is a loving God. He is a merciful God, but he is also the judge. He is also a God who loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And so he, there will come a time where he will judge the sin and the time was coming for Egypt. I'm about to bring judgment, but when I see the blood, don't you worry. Don't you fret. Don't you be afraid. It's going to be all right because that blood is a sign, not just here on earth, but that blood is a sign in heaven that I'm going to pass over you. Ladies and gentlemen, that feast, uh, they were to keep it as a memorial forever. Every generation uh, was to celebrate the fact uh, that God protected his people and brought deliverance to his people on that day. That feast uh, came to be known as uh, the Passover. Can somebody say the Passover? The Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. This feast uh, was to be a perpetual reminder to them of where the Lord had brought them from and what he had did for them when he delivered them from bondage. They were to never forget. Matter of fact, Moses told them in the following chapter, he said, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. And it shall be when your son asks you in the days to come, in the time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him? With a strong hand the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. It was a new start for them and the beginning of a new era that they were to never forget. But they were to teach it to their children, to their posterity, Amen. After them, They're, the Jewish calendar normally started with the former rain in the fall season. That's when their calendar started. But this particular time, the, 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 the time of this Passover was during the latter rain, was in the spring. It was a new start to their calendar. It was not just the traditional calendar, but it was to be a spiritual calendar. Amen. They were to, about to embark upon what God had promised them. They were about to step into a new, new season. They were about to go to the next level. They were about to venture, amen, towards the promised land. And so the Lord wanted them, amen, to remember. Moses said to the people, remember this day. Remember what I'm going to do this day. It's a new start to your year. This day is changing everything from here on out. Amen. We know that our history has been struggle and turmoil and toil. We know that our history has been slavery has been bondage we have been enslaved and chained long enough but this day marks a new beginning everything changes after this day amen we're no longer to have a slave mentality but we're to hold our head up high and understand who we are as the people of God make sure you teach it to your children Make sure you teach it to your grandchildren. Make sure they teach it to their kids. Amen. Every generation is to remember the Passover. Somebody here today might ask the question, Brother Hagan, why in the world are you preaching about the Passover on New Year's Day? 
What does the Passover and Israel's exodus from Egyptian bondage have to do with the start of this new year? What does it have to do with 2023? Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm glad you asked. I will submit to you here today that it has everything to do with 2023. It has everything to do, amen, with your life, with the history and the life of this congregation. Ladies and gentlemen, so many times at the beginning of a new year, we focus on the unknown. Sure, we, we focus on what we do know, what we have planned, and what we want to accomplish in a new year. But a lot of times, we focus on what we don't know. We don't know what all is going to happen in this year. As the praise team sung about it, we don't know what tomorrow holds. None of us really know what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. If you would just remember 2020, people had their plans and, and had everything just in place and what they were going to do for that year, and all of a sudden COVID happened. It was an election year, and everybody just had their mindset on their, their ideas and what they thought was going to happen. Just the whole world just seemed to, to explode. If anybody was paying attention to what was going on in 2020, you would have realized, amen, that God was rearranging some things. Things were happening over in the land of Israel. They were about to have the third election. Now they've had their fifth election, and, and things are just shaping up prophetically. Ladies and gentlemen, we can have all of our plans. We can think that we know what's going to happen tomorrow, but nobody knows what tomorrow is going to hold. Sure, we can make our resolutions. We can set our goals. We can plan for the future as we should. We can plan for the foreseeable future. Amen. And what we do know is going to happen. All of that is well. However, ladies and gentlemen, we should not fear and lose sleep over what we do not know is going to happen. I said, I don't think that we should lose sleep over what we don't know is going to happen in 2023. You don't know what you're going to face as an individual young person. Amen. We don't know what we're going to face as a family. We don't know what we're going to face as a church family. Can I remind everybody in this place here at Lighthouse, you don't know, amen, what's going to transpire in your 2023. But what we do know, ladies and gentlemen, amen, despite what might happen in the economy, despite what might happen in our country, despite what might happen in our world there is one thing we do know and that is God is in control as the praise team sung about it amen I don't know what tomorrow might hold but I know who holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives ladies and gentlemen we can boldly declare like the apostle Paul I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day I don't know what's going to happen in my health I don't know what's going to happen in my finances I don't know what's going to happen in my family I don't know what's going to happen in my marriage I don't know what's going to happen in my ministry. I don't know what's going to happen to my home. I don't know what's going to happen to my country. But this one thing I knew, do know, he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to have anxiety over tomorrow. Amen. You can trust that God is going to take care of it. Amen. You can plan and you can work your plan. But understand that God is the one that holds all the plans and he's got you. Can I just preach to somebody in this place that it seems like 2020 stole your dream and somehow you thought your dream is not going to come to pass. But can I tell somebody here today that our God is still able. He knows how to rearrange 
change things in your life. Uh, so don't you give up. Uh, don't you lose hope. Let me tell somebody in this place, uh, God is working even in the unseen. What you cannot see, uh, what you do not know, God uh, is working on your behalf. Uh, so keep on dreaming. Uh, keep on believing. Uh, keep on praying. Uh, and keep on praising. Uh, because the God that we serve is more. Uh, can I get somebody to help me just for a quick second? Uh, I know you drunk a little bit of too much of eggnog. Uh, and you had a little bit too much sparkling grape juice to celebrate the new year. But can I get somebody to stand to your feet, uh, to put your hands together, and to glorify and magnify. Somebody make a declaration that God is still in control. God is still in control. I said God is still in control. Turn somebody and tell them God is still in control. You may be seated here today instead of focusing and worrying about what we don't know. Amen. Why don't we focus or refocus, I should say, on what we do know? Ladies and gentlemen, can I remind us here today that we do know that Jesus is coming again. Amen. It doesn't matter what happens in our world. It doesn't matter what happens with the economy. I saw, amen, the caption just two days ago about the economy, the worst uh, uh, that, that has been since 2008. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, we operate as the people of God on a different economy. We don't have to worry about what's going to transpire here on earth because this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came, then you have a future beyond this life. Amen. You have a hope beyond this life. Can somebody clap your hands and can you shout amen? Amen. Jesus is coming again. Just like the children of Israel had to eat the Passover lamb in anticipation of their coming deliverance. So should we start off this year in anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Let me say that again. Just like the children of Israel had to eat the Passover lamb in anticipation of their coming deliverance. Even so should we start off this year in anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Does anybody believe that Jesus is coming again? Can somebody lift up your hands? Can you lift up your voice? And can you say with the apostle John, even so come Lord Jesus. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. He said, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Our salvation is getting closer. Our coming deliverance, amen. The rapture of the church is getting closer than ever before we are closer to the coming of the Lord. Amen. Could this year be the year? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that all the prophetic signs are pointing to the, to the possibility that this year could be the year Jesus said when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. One more time I ask, is there anybody here anticipating the coming of the Lord? Can you shout amen? amen. At the beginning of this year, 2023, we should remember to prepare ourselves for his return. In Matthew 25, Jesus provides us with the parable concerning the importance of remaining prepared for his return. No one knows the day or the hour, but we do know that Jesus is coming again and that this could be the year. So we've got to make sure that we've prepared and remain vigilant. We've got to make sure that we have enough oil in our lamps, enough light to see the way 
when he comes. The Lord has been good to my wife and I and our kids. My wife and I have been evangelizing ever since I graduated from, from, from college, from Gateway. These 21 years now, 22 years that we have been on the field, over 400 churches in the United Pentecostal Church that we've been blessed and privileged to minister in, and the Lord has been good to us. But I have realized that just being a part of an apostolic church is not enough. Just being around the flow of the oil is not enough. You've got to have your own oil. I realize even in the ministry, Pastor Buford, it's not enough for us to preach the word of the Lord and allow that oil to flow through us. But we've got to make sure that when it's all said and done, the oil is still on the inside. In 2019, the Lord spoke to me in November and said, if the American church is not awakened, it will be. Little did we know what was going to happen in 2020. Amen. Whenever the Russian invasion happened in Ukraine, a spirit of intercession came upon me last year. And when that intercession came upon me, the Lord reminded me of a dream. I'm not a dreamer. I'm, I'm not one that has visions. But, but the Lord has spoken to me at the very beginning of 2020, before the pandemic, before everything shut down. The Lord has spoken to me. And, and I, I didn't even tell my wife about that dream. I didn't even tell. I only told one friend of mine uh, who has a prophetic ministry. I'm not a prophet, neither son of a prophet, but he has a prophetic ministry. And so I told him just a little part of it. But last year, 2021, whenever, amen, that Russian invasion happened in Ukraine, the Lord brought back that dream. And so I thought, Lord, who can I contact? Who can I share this with? My, my dear and precious mentor, Brother Elar Hernandez, is gone. I can't, I can't call him up. So who can I call? So I, I got a hold of a man of God that, that is recognized to have a prophetic ministry in the United Pentecostal Church. And I contacted him. He's on the West Coast in California. And I told him the dream that I had. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you right now that now is not the time, amen, to be lax. Now is not the time, amen, to settle on our leaves. Now is not the time to just become complacent and think that just coming to church is enough. But we've got to make sure that when it's all said and done, when the Spirit of God is flowing like it was a few moments ago, when the praise team was up here, somebody has got to make sure I've got the oil on the inside. I've got to make sure I've got the light for myself because the world is getting darker. And the Bible says in the last days, gross darkness is going to cover the earth. It's going to cover the people. We're seeing it even here in the Midwest, even here in the St. Louis metro area. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to get better out there in the world. But for the church, we're going to shine bright. I said it's going to get darker out there. But for us, amen, we're going to shine brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. If anybody believe that, can you clap your hands? And can somebody shout hallelujah? Turn somebody and tell them get ready. Turn somebody else and tell them get prepared. We are getting closer to the coming of the Lord. And I hasten to a close one of the ways that we prepare for the coming of the Lord. One of the ways that we prepare for the coming deliverance from this world is to apply the blood. We've got to have the blood applied. Amen. If you want to join in the exodus, you've got to have the blood of the lamb applied to your life. You've got to, amen, plead the blood of the lamb over your family. The way to do that is to place your faith in Jesus Christ, to repent of your past mistakes, your sins, and to have your sins washed away in the only saving name that we sung about, the name of Jesus Christ, in the waters of baptism. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you're not just getting wet, but the blood that 
he shed 2,000 years ago is applied to wash away every sin and every mistake that you've ever made in your life. Is anybody thankful, amen, for the power of the blood of Jesus? Is anybody thankful that you asked him to forgive you and he forgave you? Is anybody thankful that you were baptized in his wonderful name? Can somebody clap your hands and can somebody shout hallelujah? The apostle Paul wrote that Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb who was sacrificed for us. I just simply come this this day to lift up my voice like John the Baptist did when he said, amen, crying out in the wilderness, behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the lamb of God. Can I remind somebody here today that Jesus is the lamb of God. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your mistakes are. It doesn't matter what you have done. Amen. I come to tell you that the Lord can forgive you. Just like it's a new year. Amen. We can forget about 2022. All that can be put underneath the blood. And you can start your 2023. Amen. With no condemnation. Because our God is able to forgive you of everything. I'm preaching to some individuals in this house. If we were to take the time to share your testimony. Amen. You'll tell just like Brother Babs said to me. He said, Brother Hagen, I'm first generation. Uh, I wasn't raising all of this. Uh, amen. But I got a testimony that God forgave me and ladies and gentlemen, we cannot forget uh, what the Lord has done for us. Oh, hallelujah. We've got to have the blood applied. I told your pastor, the Lord changed my message. Amen. I thought for sure that he spoke to me two Sundays ago when we were making our way from Hamilton, Missouri, all the way to New York City. Amen. When we left on that Sunday, I thought the Lord spoke to me for this service. But I, I felt, you know what? Don't, don't go there. Amen. Just, just leave some of that. It's the new year. Amen. Be positive. Be optimistic. But can I tell somebody here today that we're going to have to have the blood applied to our life? Amen. The last couple of years has shown us anything uh, is that we need the blood of Jesus uh, and a biblical understanding of the blood. The blood does not. We're not Israel. We're not. Amen. Those that were back there some some thousands of thousands of years ago that were coming out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, that's not our story. So the plague can come towards us. Uh, we saw with COVID, amen, that the plague can come. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, when you've got the blood applied to your life, uh, amen, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. Uh, you don't have to be depressed. Uh, Amen. There are too many people battling depression in our churches. Uh, the spirit of suicide is trying to get a hold of our young people. But I come to plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. Over every young person, over every young adult here today. Uh, I come to plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I come to plead the blood of Jesus over your family. I come to remind us here at Lighthouse that when we have the blood. I said, when we have the blood, then we have victory. When we have the blood, we have freedom. When we have the blood, we have liberty. Does anybody believe that? Can somebody stand to your feet? Can somebody clap your hands? And can somebody give God praise here today? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God for the blood. Come on, somebody thank God for the blood. Oh, I can't sing a lick. I wish I could sing in 2023, but I can't sing. But if I could, I would say thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. If you're thankful for the blood, why don't you turn two or three people and tell them thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've been filled with a wonderful, amen, gift of the Holy Spirit, You've got the blood applied to your life. 
Amen. Let me say it again. If you have repented, if you've turned from your sins, if you've asked God to forgive you, to have mercy upon you, if you've turned towards him, if you've been baptized in his wonderful name, then you can apply the blood. The blood has been applied to your life, and you can plead that blood over you and your family and your church. But can I tell somebody, it's not enough to have the blood on the, applied on the outside. Amen. The Bible says that they had to have the lamb on the inside. Can I tell somebody here today, it's not enough for you to believe and to repent and to be baptized. Uh, amen. But the Lord wants you to be filled with his spirit. Uh, amen. You've got to have the lamb on the inside. There are a lot of people who've applied the blood on the outside through repentance. They've applied the blood through being baptized. But if you want the lamb on the inside, you've got to receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Hey, hallelujah. I come and tell somebody that God wants to fill you with his spirit. Would it be wonderful? In 2023, somebody will walk down to this altar. Somebody will lift up your hands and the blood will begin to be applied to your life. And that, amen, his spirit will come on the inside of you. You will be able to leave out of here with the lamb on the inside. Oh, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you spoke in tongues with the Holy Ghost came once again, can you clap your hands and can you just be a testimony to somebody else?